How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 23 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and today we're, you know, we're going to keep talking about spring training stuff. Uh, the A's played a game, they won a game, and uh, so that's exciting. They are 1-5, and five, but we can stop panicking because they won a game and they kicked some ass doing it. So, uh, yeah, A's baseball is back. Go green and gold. Um... So before I get into all that, also, uh, so that's the first part of the episode. Second part of the episode, I'm going to touch on something that I mentioned yesterday and maybe get to a mailbag question if uh, I have time. We'll see how uh, how much I ramble today. But before we get into that, I got to plug social media channels, obviously. So uh, that those are Locked On A's on Twitter. I am by Jason B on Twitter. Uh, you can also email us with mailbag questions at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Uh, those are all ways to get in touch with us. Locked on A's by Jason B. Locked on Athletics at Gmail. Uh, there you go. Uh, I should probably say those slower so you can like write them down or something. But you know, if you can read a billboard or you know people put billboards up on the freeway, and uh, how are you gonna write that down? You're not. You gotta remember it. So just remember, Locked on A's by Jason B. Also, uh, I mentioned on one of the early podcasts that I do live in San Francisco for, for about the next month or so. So if you hear background noise like a helicopter or a bunch of motorcycles, just assume that it is that they're filming The Matrix because, you know, it, it, it's late at night. I don't know why else those things would be happening right now. So I'm just assuming that Keanu Reeves is like a block away. Um, so we're going with that. Um, so I mentioned that the A's blew out the uh, the Diamondbacks today. They won 16 to three, which is awesome. Uh, finally, they're on the other end of a blowout. Um, it helped the run differential dramatically. Uh, not that those matter at all in spring training, but you know, whatever. Uh, Frankie Montas got the start. He went one inning and struck out a batter. Uh, the A scored six runs in the first inning. Four of them were off of uh, Arizona rotation hopeful Luke Weaver. Um, I'm gonna get into you know some of the scoring stuff in a sec. But for, I, I like pitching, so I'm starting with pitching, obviously. Uh, A's lefty Jake Diekman went uh, one inning, gave up a hit, and he walked a batter. Uh, J.B. Wendelkin, who could be a breakout player, we don't know. Listen to last week's podcast. Spoiler alert, the uh, the episode entitled Jeffrey Benjamin is about J.B. Wendelkin. So it's that one if you're interested in more stuff about him. Uh, he gave up, or he went one inning, gave up three hits, an earned run, and struck out a batter. Uh, T.J. McFarland, former Arizona Diamondback, uh, he went one inning and gave up two hits. Uh, he is somebody that I have s- some intrigue in this year. Um, again, he struggled at home last year in Arizona. He was great on the road, so we'll see if pitching in Oakland helps. Um, then we had uh, Jamie Schultz, another guy that I'm high on. Um, the fact that he's pitching so often leads me to believe that he's probably uh, that they want to get you know the major league coaching staff to get a good look at him before they send him into minor league camp. Um, but I mean, that could just be my speculation. I don't know. I like him. He strikes a lot of guys out. Uh, he went one inning, gave up two hits and a walk. He struck out two and he gave up an earned run. So basically, his inning went uh, walk, line out, double, single, and then he struck out two guys. So that's how he gave up the run. Uh, and then Ian Gardeck, who's been getting some uh, media attention because his brother plays in the NFL, and their inspirations to one another. Uh, he went. Uh, he's also a former Giants prospect, which is why the Chronicle loves him, obviously. Um, 
He went one inning, gave up a hit, and struck out a batter. Uh, he's another guy that I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes uh, as a potential guy to keep an eye out on as a bullpen uh, option for later on. Uh, so those are all those guys. I'm, a lot of offense happened today. Chapman hit a home run. That's the big story on that one. Uh, Seth Brown hit a triple. But for most of the offensive recap stuff, I'm going to try and keep it to the four guys that are battling for second base and the two guys that are battling for the backup catcher position, at least on, on a more daily basis. And then I'll go broader with, you know, Chapman and Olsen if they're struggling or not struggling at all. Um, and, you know, Semien and, you know, the regulars uh, on the roster. So uh, Jorge Mateo, he came in as a replacement for Marcus Semien. He played shortstop. He went one for two with two runs, two RBIs, and a walk. Uh, Vimeo Machin, he replaced uh, Matt Chapman, but he played first base because apparently he can play anywhere, which is awesome. I like Vimeo Machin. I'm, I'm kind of secretly rooting for him. Um, he went two for three with two runs batted in. Uh, Franklin Barreto uh, came in as a replacement and played second base. He went 0 for 3 with a strikeout, and he left five guys on base. Not great. Uh, again, one game, it's fine. But when you got Mateo and Machin, you know, putting up stuff, you, you and especially when the team scored 16 runs, you gotta not look like uh like the Ofer guy that left everybody on base, the guy that keeps ending the innings, if you will. <clears throat> and then uh, Tony Kemp, he went 0 for 2 with a walk and a run. Uh, so. Second base, still anybody's game. Uh, there's plenty of spring training to go le- to go around, and uh, everybody's going to be getting their at bats and their playing time, and they're going to pick the best guy out of the bunch, I think. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then uh, you got Jonah Hyam. I in the earlier podcast I had said Jonah Hyam. I read that it's actually Hyam. So Jonah Hyam, same guy. Uh, he went two for three with three runs batted in and two runs scored. He had a bases-loaded double in that six-run first inning. And then uh, right behind him, Austin Allen was hitting. He was the DH. And uh, he singled a home Hyam. And that's how he got uh, Hyam got one of his runs. And uh, Austin Allen got one of his RBI. So there's that. So just to wrap up this first segment um, with some uh, injury news on from the San Francisco Chronicle, which definitely means Susan Slusser. Um Stephen Biscotti is hoping to take batting practice on Thursday. Uh, I assume that's before the game. Um, so there's that. And then uh, Dalton Jeffries, who left the game on Monday with a trainer, uh, and it was reported he had a bicep strain. Uh, he said that he gave himself a scare, but he is convinced that his surgically repaired elbow is sound, and he has an MRI scheduled for Thursday. Um, and so he's pretty confident that it is just a, a bicep strain. And uh, his surgically repaired elbow, as I mentioned before, he had Tommy John about three years ago. So uh, he's hoping that he's doing okay and that, uh, you know, it won't be a major year-ending uh, injury. We'll see what the timeline is once the MRI results are revealed and all that stuff. Uh, as for Thursday's game, uh, A.J. Puck is getting the ball at Hohokam, and he's, uh, he's going to play the Rockies. So it'd be really nice if he came full circle and... Or is it even a circle if it's two games? I don't know. Uh, if he just struck out Nolan Arenado and he just started, you know, striking out all-star third baseman on opposing National League teams. Uh, just make that a trend for the whole season to be a good time. Um, so, yeah, with that, we're going to take a little break and 
we'll talk about some stuff on the other end. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On A's is a great way for your local business to reach passionate A's fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with A's fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. So on yesterday's pod, I was wondering what was going on with Femi Almachin, why they weren't playing him at second base, why they weren't having him start games, because he's barely played in AAA, and if he's vying for the second base position or a role on the A's as a whole... um, You want to see if he can hit major league pitching before he's taking up one of the 26 valuable spots, which would lead, you know, either or both uh, Mateo and Barreto to hit waivers and then move on to subsequent teams. Um, So I was wondering, is he getting a fair shot? Is he going to get it later? I don't know. So I reached out to Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. She writes about the A's, primarily about prospects. And uh, we worked together back at scout.com for different teams, but she was the A's person over there. She's wonderful. Really enjoy her. She does excellent work. She's been around the team forever. She does so much stuff. So when I have a question like this, I ask her. So the question was, if Machine, uh, Machine, sorry, if he doesn't make the team, could uh, the A's offer up a player to the Cubs if they wanted to hold on to him? And uh, if they did a trade like this, would they be able to send him to the minors and keep him as a depth piece? Uh, And so first off, uh, she answered that he would, in fact, go back to the Cubs since that is the team that he was originally drafted from, even though the Phillies drafted him from the Cubs and then traded him to the A's. So he'd be offered up to the Cubs. That answered one of my longstanding questions. And uh, so thank you, Melissa. Um... And then the other one would be that they can finalize it. Well, they would have to offer him up. The Cubs could say that they don't want him, which I was aware of. But uh, I figured that they'd want him back because he's kind of solid. And he's got a good hit tool, and he has a good eye at the plate. Um, he doesn't strike out a bunch. He walks a decent amount. So, uh, you know, solid piece to you know build around. And excellent depth option, obviously. So uh, I was wondering about that. And she said that... Uh, It's definitely possible that they could, you know, make a trade. It is an option that would be open to the A's. Um, And then she also said that she'd be surprised that the Cubs didn't want him back, though. So there would definitely have to be some sort of an exchange in players or money or something to make a trade happen. Um, I would like to make a trade happen because having him as a minor league depth option would be fantastic and would be the best case scenario for the A's, in my opinion, because then they'd be able to keep Machine, obviously, but as a minor league depth option, get him some seasoning in AAA Las Vegas, and then uh, you probably get Kemp, who is you know a, a nice veteran presence to have, left-handed bat, he can play all over, and then uh, then you got 
either Barreto or Mateo, whoever wins out. And then you go from there and you don't have to lose both of them. All right, so I got a couple of minutes and I'm going to go over a couple of mailbag questions that we got. I got one as we were recording. Uh, so I'll start with this one from Coliseum Foul Territory. Uh, yeah. Uh, who do you, who would you like to see start at second base to start the year? Um, I've been, I think pretty open, but I will say it flat out. Uh, I, I think Tony Kemp's going to make the team. So he'll be there. He does, he's not really exciting. I don't necessarily want to see him as the opening day starter, but I think that he will be on the team in some capacity. And if the A's can trade and, you know, finalize a deal to get Machine on their team full-time as opposed to a Rule 5 pick. Um, I would like that. Send him down to Las Vegas and uh, let let him sit down there for a minute. They also got Chill Noisy down there, too. They, they've got so many middle and field depth options, but I really like Machine. I don't know why. Maybe it's because his name sounds like Machine, and uh, that's just waiting for puns to happen. But uh, he seems cool, too. Anyways, uh, so there's those two. And then, uh, so I would like to see Jorge Mateo as the starting second baseman on opening day. Um, I think that he just gives the A's another dimension. You got a bunch of guys that can hit the ball real far. You got guys that can, you know, that, that are good offensive players, but they don't have any speed guys. And that's just a dimension that they could use throughout the course of the season to, you know, pick up a run here or there in a tight game. And if you could take a couple of uh, potential losses into wins in a what is hoping to be a tight divisional race, that's how you win the AL West right there is just, I mean, obviously winning as many games as you can, but, you know, turning potential losses into definite wins uh, through any means necessary, whether that's hitting with runners on uh, in scoring position, runners on base, limiting your left on base percentage and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, but speed definitely would help some of that because he can go, you know, first to home in a flash uh, so Jorge Mateo is my answer on that one. Uh, sorry, Franklin. I, I apologize. Thank you for your service. But, uh, if it was up to me, I'd probably go Jorge Mateo, especially if their numbers are similar in spring training offensively. Um, because Franklin Barreto is used to having crazy spring trainings and then just not getting it done in the major league level or, you know, being okay in the minors and whatnot. But if they both have similar springs, then you know that Mateo is like legitimately showing up at spring training. It's still very early, but at this point in spring training, uh, Mateo's having roughly equal to last year's spring training, which is his best uh, spring mark so far. And uh, Franklin Barreto is having his worst spring training since his first spring training in uh, 2016. He's usually hitting, you know, crazy stats. In 2017, he hit 481 with a 500 on base. In 2018, he hit 293 with a 344 on base. And then in 2019, did I already say 20? Whatever. Uh, 2019, he hit 351 with a 429 on base. So he's been extra good in spring training. And for him to be hitting, you know, it's a weekend. I know that there's plenty of time left, but he's hitting 250 right now. So he's b playing below right now what he's been doing in spring training. And Jorge Mateo's doing all right. So, uh. Obviously, this could be flipped on its head in the matter of like three games because 10 at-bats makes a huge difference. But uh, I was saying that, you know, I would probably favor Jorge Mateo to start second base before spring training started because he has one tool that you know you can rely on, and that's his speed. So that's where I'd go with that personally. 
we have one more question, and that was from a fellow co-host. He hosts the Locked On MLB podcast. Uh, please call him Sully. Uh, his question was, do you see the A signing a veteran starter a la Jason Vargas or Clay Buckholtz? Uh, to, and the short answer is no uh, to either of those names. Um, sorry to be so blunt about that. But uh, didn't Jason Vargas try to fight like all of the New York Mets like beat reporters like two spring trainings ago? Uh, so no thanks. And then Clay Buckholtz would be an intriguing option, but uh, not after the year that he had last year. They're looking for maybe veteran depth guys, but they could also contribute like a Mike Fires type that, you know, would be solid, but give them innings and whatnot and not and not exhaust the bullpen. Um, I think that they're going to default to youth right now unless something becomes available or there's a trade available to them. But uh, I don't think that any of the veteran starters are really piquing any of their interest because they would have signed them by now. Um, I mean, unless somebody gets hurt, then... I don't think that they're going to be going after any veteran starters at this point. Um, so, yeah, that's it for the Locked on A's podcast today. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on A's. I am at by Jason B. You can also email us mailbag questions at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So that's it for today. We'll, we have one more episode for you this week. There's a fly. So go out there and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk with you guys tomorrow.